Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of Not Too Taboo. I'm here with my lady love, Gretchen Christine Rossi, who looks amazing in her grandmother's pajamas. Don't even start yeah. about what I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I think the listeners actually tune in to see what you're wearing. I cannot even believe you just said what I'm actually legit wearing. Because I outed you? <laughs> yes, you so outed me. But on our last show, you literally took your top off in the middle of the show. <laughs> so I outed you then too. You know it's going to happen. Oh my, I know. It's like I have to get dressed up for my podcast. Yeah. Just so you don't like embarrass me. <laughs> I know. Look at me. I'm dressed. I've been working on this hairdo all night long. Oh my gosh. These pajamas are literally, I think, from 1912 from my mom. But they're comfy, huh? But they're so comfortable. I know all of you out there have some pajamas that are like the most like ridiculously comfortable pajamas ever, but are the ugliest thing since you since sliced bread. Like seriously, but, like they're so the ugly. Here's why I think subconsciously the reason you're wearing them. I think so too. I was just right? gonna say, I feel like this is a little odd. Because we're talking wearing, sleep today. That I'm wearing my favorite pajamas to sleep in. And your favorite person who knows all about sleep. I know. Is here today. I'm so excited. Is this about a subconscious this. decision you it made? It must have been. I feel like maybe. I think so too. Even though last night I didn't have the best sleep moment of my life. <laughs> that was I was up to like 4 30 a.m. Can we, can we talk to him about you? <laughs> yeah, we probably like, need to. I'm excited to introduce him and explain uh, all of his amazingness yeah. and how he's he's been uh, so helpful in, in our world. But we need to talk about you. Yeah, I know. Because you have actually, some issues. Well, I do have some issues. But technically, in my defense, I'm not sleeping because of everything happening in the world right now. This isn't because I like have a sleep issue. This is because there's a lot going on in the world right now. Okay, liar. <laughs> I've been with you for 11 years and you've had the same issue. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's talk about... <laughs> let's talk about our guest. Let's talk about our guest. Okay, so just to give you guys um, some context. So we met... Um, our next guest on the segment of the doctors. And I don't know if you guys saw, um, the segment yesterday, but we had kind of like a follow up. It was a really great segment, but we met him originally from doing a segment with the doctors because legitimately I felt like we were going to like get a divorce. <laughs> like, so you say he saved our marriage. He literally like saved he, our he marriage. He saved our lives. Um, he literally like we just were having a really rough time with Skylar and sleep, and we were not taking care of ourselves. We were not getting adequate sleep. Skylar wasn't getting adequate sleep. We were fighting all the time. We you know weren't able to work out like just all these things. We weren't having good sex. We weren't sleeping. We like we weren't working out. Nothing. So. Um, so as you've just heard, this next guest basically like saved our lives and saved our marriage by helping us figure out how to get, um, Skylar to sleep. Um, so let me introduce who this amazing person is. He's, but wait, what? I think before you do that, what I have to, I have to add to this. Okay. He's a big deal. Well, obviously. I don't know why he's on our show. <laughs> okay. I don't even know why he's our friend, oh, but geez. he's a really big deal because I think people may have seen him on Oprah. Yeah. Was a regular on the Dr. Oz show. Yeah. Live with. Kelly and Ryan, mm -hmm. I'm talking Rachel Ray, mm -hmm. New York Times, mm -hmm. Wall Street Journal, mm -hmm. Anderson Cooper 360. I could go on for days. Yeah, you could. He's a really, really big deal. Yeah, he really and is. And he's here today. I know. And I also want people to know that he's actually a clinical psychologist and what you call a high performance sleep coach. Okay. That's just like a cool name in and mm. of itself. Yeah, right? it's kind of sexy, right? <laughs> um, he's also both a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He was recently named the top sleep specialist in all of California Reader's Digest. He is author of The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, and he has appeared on numerous television shows, as you just said, including Oprah, Dr. Oz, among countless others, and you may know him as the sleep doctor. Right. One of our favorite fellows. Yes. So we're so excited to have him today with us. His name is Dr. Michael Bruce. Yay! Uh, <laughs> oh, look at our studio applause. audience is going crazy for you. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, Dr. Bruce. We're so happy to have you with us today. Hey, G, how's it going, girl? It's going. I mean, I am in my comfy PJs and I'm happy. <laughs> she was totally manifesting you. you to be with us today. <laughs> yes. So oh. first of all, thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here. And I love you guys. Aww. You guys are hilarious. Aww. You're so fun. You're so authentic. You're so real. Aww. And we really worked together and we saved your daughter's sleep. And yes. it wasn't me that did it. It was you two. So why don't we tell the story, if you'd like, about... 
sort of how it went because I'm super proud of you, Gretchen. You knocked it out of the park, girl. Yes, I'm getting props. Woo! Yes, you yeah, are. Because he doctor himself. He, he knows. He knows where the where the credit lies. Well, okay. So if we tell, so let's tell a little bit of the story. So, um, where should we start, babe? You start. Well, my start would be uh, we made some big mistakes. Yeah, uh, I think in the beginning we were so desperate to not have our our daughter suffer through uh, the trials and tribulations of getting to sleep. And I think the mistake made was I was training her to fall asleep on me. Yeah. So she became very comfortable and to a point where if it wasn't me, no one could put her to sleep. Well, okay, let me back the story up. So first of all, for all the listeners out there, I want to tell you that the reason that we're telling you the story and the reason that we have Dr. Bruce on today is because we really, truly want to help those out there that are struggling with this. Okay. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that are like me or like Slade and Slade's like, no, we need to do this. And I was like, no, we need to do this. And you have the conflict in the marriage and in the relationship and you want to do what's best for your daughter, but you hate hearing her cry. Like all those things that you struggle with, especially for me as a new time, first time new mom, Yeah, you right. just, you're very, you know, confused and conflicted about what to do. And, you know, Slade had had two kids, so he was a little bit more resilient, if you will, and kind of knew how to do deal with it better, but it was just causing a lot of conflict. So the reason that we're sharing the story with you today is because we truly want to help those out there that have been through this. So yes, what was happening was um, we were trying all different sleep techniques with Sky, and it just wasn't working. Nothing was working. And the only thing that seemed to calm her down was when she fell asleep on dad. And I finally got to a point where it was just becoming so miserable. She was screaming herself to sleep for long periods of time that I just looked at Slade and I said, I don't care. Like, I can't do this anymore. This is like torture for me. I feel like we're literally like killing our child and it just needs to be where we just have to suffer. This is only a period of time. We just have to suffer. Right. And I just accepted it. And it, and it. Not we, understanding that we're creating bad habits. We're not only were we creating bad habits, but we were causing conflict and stress in our marriage and our relationship. So and like we, I felt like we actually did pretty good on some of the steps, but where we messed up, like we moved her to the crib at six months. Like we did some really good things along the way, but where we messed up was right about, I think seven or eight months is when she really just started getting really upset unless we rocked her to sleep. And that started from whether we first went in the room to put her down, we would rock her with her bottle in the chair after we read a book, we did the whole bedtime routine. We did everything we were supposed to do, but we missed that last little bit where we needed to put her in the crib. Um, what you would call, what would you call it? Um, awake. awake. It's awake and aware. Awake and aware. Thank you. That's mm -hmm. the word. Awake and aware. We, were, we weren't doing that last step because every time we went to do it, she would just scream bloody murder and then she would scream for like an hour. <laughs> so. Well, but here's where Dr. Bruce, I have to, I have to give you major props with this because I think you can read all the books you want out there. You talk to a thousand people, they might have a thousand different ways. And for us, Dr. Bruce's method and the, the ideology behind breaking it down and simplifying this process is what really connected for us. I have shared what you said to us with so many people. Yeah. And the, oh, light bulb, the light bulb goes off. And most people don't think about the fact, we couldn't figure out why I could get Sky to sleep. But then if she, she'd wake up in the middle of the night and would freak out in her crib, like mm -hmm. she would just go crazy. We'd, and so we're having fractured sleep. We're having to go in and, and console her once, sometimes twice a night. And then she's up early. So like no one's getting any sleep. And, and what, what Michael has said was, look, if you fell asleep in a certain location and then all of a sudden you woke up and you were in a different location, you'd be freaked out. Yeah. Which makes so much sense, right? And we don't think about that we do this to our kids. You know, she falls asleep on us. We're rocking her. She wakes up. We're gone. She's now in a cage. What the hell happened? I'm in jail. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. Versus going down in that crib, being awake and aware, knowing that she's comfortable in this environment. She knows where she's at. And if she happens to wake up, she's like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. Right. This makes sense. Right. That that little piece right there. So many people that I've talked to that are new parents and went, holy crap, I never thought about that. Yeah, because sometimes totally we, right. we forget that we have to treat a child like they're like a human. <laughs> like, like you have to think about from right. 
a child's perspective, like just the same as you are, as as somebody, you know, that would wake up and be like, where the heck am I? Right. You have to remember that they're the same person. So that was a really good tip, doctor. Yeah. And don't you find that too? I guess you being able to articulate this process to parents, is probably so key. So it's interesting because so many parents come to me and they're like, we can't do cry it out. We can't. And it's like, and it's, right. it's like they're vomiting it to me. They're like, oh my God, like yes. you just can't handle it, can't do it. And so the very first thing I always tell everybody is good news. You don't have to. Yes. I loved that. When you said that to me, I was like, I love him already. Yeah. So the cry it out method was originally developed by, I believe a guy by the name of Dr. Richard Ferber. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Ferberization was mm-hmm. the official term back in the day. And he wrote a book called how to, Ch- how to solve your child's sleep problems. And it was this cry it out method. To be fair, um, and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty uh, adept on this one, um, he recanted within a few years the entire idea of the cry it out method. Mm-hmm. However, nobody took, no, there was no media around it. He didn't write another book saying, hey, I screwed that one up. Oh, wow. And so people just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. To be fair, there are some kids that work great on a cry it out method. Um, I personally, I can't handle it. I'm that nervous Nelly dad, like, I yeah. can hear before my daughter starts to cry, you know, well, like I'm that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so for me, I just, I wasn't up for it and it, it made a lot more sense to me. And there's this idea that we call object permanence, which I think was really the key factor here. And that's at a certain age, a child doesn't understand that when you leave a room, you haven't gone forever, right? Right. Kids don't get that. Their brain, their little cute little brains haven't developed to that stage yet. And so when, when they don't know that, um, they get scared um, as they should. And so right. they cry. So right. understanding and just being a little bit more gentle with them made a lot of sense. And I have to tell you something, Gretchen, you did an amazing job of taking charge without overtaking charge. You know what I'm saying? Like you did, you did just enough that you were comfortable, that Sky was comfortable and, and that Slade was comfortable. And it really worked out well um, by just being authoritative, but kind at the same time. And I think that's really what you were was you were you were direct and kind and she and she just took to it. I mean, let's be honest, she's got quite a personality herself. <laughs> yes, yes she does. Well, and you, you are not always authoritative and kind, let's be honest. <laughs> no true. I'm very I can be very dictatorship sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Borderline so brutal. In this particular instance when you described to me what you did when you walked in, you were both authoritative and kind. And I think that was something that was unique And it helped also foster, I would argue, your relationship even better with your daughter. Oh, 100%. And thank you for saying that. But here's what I want to say to the audience out there listening. This took me, I think, what, what, how old was she when I finally made that decision? I can't even remember now. I want to say like 10, 10 months, maybe I think she was. Maybe. You probably remember better than we do. 10 or 11 months, somewhere right around there. Yeah. Um, But it took me that long to come to this realization, come to this conclusion. And I want to preface this, and the doctor might disagree, but I just want to give advice to some people out there. You you are the mother, okay, and the, or the father, wh- whoever it is. You have this yep. instinct. You have this gut feeling. You know your child better than anyone else. And I want everyone out there to take, um, you know, pride in the fact that it's okay if you feel like, your, your child's not ready or whatever. It's okay. Like, don't, don't guilt yourself. Don't make yourself feel bad about it. It's like, I had to be ready. And I had to feel like my daughter was ready to take this next step. And it was really strange because I remember playing with her during the day and just seeing her reacting and listening and hearing what I was saying and understanding what I was saying. And mm-hmm. it's like, right then that's when the light bulb went off for me. And I was like, you know what? She knows what I'm saying. She's understanding it. She's responding right. to what I'm telling her. And it was like in that moment, I said, okay, I feel like she's ready. I feel yeah, like she now time, can right? understand what it right. is that I'm telling her. Whereas before that, I truly did not feel like she was ready or truly understanding it yet. And she was still very scared, very not, you know, in, I don't know what the right word is, but she couldn't quite comprehend yet what it was that we were trying to teach her and and help her get through that segment. So once I felt ready and once she felt ready, and I do believe it took both of us to get to this point, 
I went in there with a lot of confidence because if you go in there not knowing and being nervous about it and be, it's like, it's not going to pan out the way I think you think it is. And it's going to become, you know, a battle of the two. So once I felt like she was ready, I was able to honestly talk to her and like, tell her like, baby girl, mom and daddy are here. We're not going anywhere. Like I really talked to her and I really like you said, was authoritative in the sense of like, you're okay, you're fine. And don't get me wrong, there was crying involved in this. It's not like I just walked out the door and she was like, okay, thanks, mom, bye. You know, like she definitely had her segments of crying for at least, um, I want to say a good three strong days and then a, uh, a decent seven days, if that makes sense. A good The first three days, there was a lot of crying, but I just kept talking to her. And like you said, doctor, it was authoritative in, in my um, delivery and in my, what's the word? Um, like when you're consistent and when you're steadfast, I was very steadfast in what the ultimate goal was. And so I didn't pick her up. I didn't, you know, uh, do all the things that people do. And, you know, I just talked to her and let her know. And then what worked for me was I would, I think I started staying in the room and sat in the chair and so she could still see me, but I was teaching her that she was safe and okay in the crib. And then I got to a point where I was able to leave the room and if she was still really upset, I would talk to her actually through the monitor and I would let her know she was fine. She was safe. Mom and daddy were right outside the room. This is time for your nap. This is time Mm -hmm. for your rest, whatever. And then I found myself singing to her, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and that seemed to be what did it for her. That's true. That's a, this is a good note. Our, our monitor happens to be one of them that, you know, we work it through the iPhone, but it has, uh-huh. it has um, a speaker attached to it so we can talk to her. And it was funny because as she'd be upset or jumping around or crying, Gretchen would start to speak with her through the monitor and she'd immediately calm down. Mm-hmm. And when Gretchen wanted to sing her Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, she'd lay down. She'd she lay, down lay down and go to sleep. Well, I would mommy, always, mommy would sing her to sleep. So what, I I, so what I would argue is that Gretchen, once you accepted this, your energy that you give off when you walked into the room is something that Skylar picked up on, right? Because let's yes. be honest, kids know when we're upset. Totally. Kids know when we're happy. Kids know when we're mad. Kids know when we're anxious. They know these things, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're like little sensors. Children are, you know, they know yes. everything. Everything. Yes. And, and I think when you became comfortable, when you were there and you showed her that it was safe to be comfortable, yeah. she clicked. Yes. And that's when it happened. And I, and I mean, honestly, I got goosebumps when you were telling that story. It's such a beautiful story oh. of mom and daughter connecting, yeah. gaining that level of trust and then taking that trust into another area and, and even having more success in that area, which is sleep. So it was really very beautiful the whole process. And I'm excited for you guys that you had the opportunity to, to cross that hurdle um, and to share this with so many other people. Um, because quite frankly, um, newborn kids uh, can destroy a sleep uh, and destroy a marriage, yeah. unfortunately, um, yeah. for a lot of people before they, you know, before they even know it. But I, it's been a lot of fun, of course, working with you guys. And um, learning about all of the uh, all of the interesting aspects of sleep. Let's ask the doctor for everybody out there about sure. um, what are the most common mistakes that you think new parents make when they're sleep training? So, okay, uh, for new parents specifically with children, or are we talking about just regular old adults? Uh, for, with like sleep training for, yeah, for new, kids. Yeah, new parents yeah. with kids. So the, the very first thing is don't go by only one method, okay? So- As an example, many people talk to their best friend or their mother and say, how did you sleep train me? And they say, oh, shoot, we just let you cry it out and you were fine after, I don't know, however many months type of thing, right? That's not, looking at the historical perspective of how it was done may or may not be helpful. What I tell people all the time is do a little research, do a little reading. There are multiple methods as to how to appropriately place your child to bed. All of the methods really do come with one caveat, which is the have them be awake and alert when you're putting them down. So that way, this idea of object permanence um, isn't something that's that's forceful. I really like how you said, Gretchen, you you tailor it to the child. Okay, yeah. it's not yeah. the parent. It's not what method I want to to enforce onto this child. It's what is the method that makes the most sense for my child. As an example, if you have a special needs child, 
you may have a very different protocol for being able to sleep train that child. You right. could have a child that has colic. Um, that could be an incredibly different pathway, right? And so number one is don't, don't lock into one path and think that this is the only thing that can be done. That's, num- that's issue number one. Issue number two, read. Um, check it out. Go online and look. Uh, you're welcome to come to my site, thesleepdoctor.com. Um, there are WebMD does a great job. Baby Center actually does a great job of looking at uh, childhood sleep uh, training and things of that nature. There's lots of different um, resources that are available to you. The National Sleep Foundation has a wonderful website with a tremendous amount of data about children and children's sleep and things like that. So there are definitely resources um, out there for parents to uh, to check out. And then also talk amongst your friends um, and see what some of the other people are comfortable with and doing. And then here's what we did in, in certain senses is I have one child. My son is more on the kind of drama acting kind of mood <laughs> side. And my daughter is more on the like straight down, head down, you know, logic oriented side. And we ended up using different types of methodologies that work differently because we have different children. Um, And that's the thing I just try to employ to everybody is, you know, understand your child's needs, um, understand what's going on with them and see if you can, uh, you know, adapt them in a healthy um, way that it's not so difficult of screaming and yelling, you know, in the middle of the night. It's just not fun. Um, I would say those are the biggies that you should do. Also, don't be afraid to admit defeat. Okay. Um, don't be afraid to seek help. Um, that is one thing because a lot of parents, it's so, it's really interesting because sometimes parents come to me and they're like, Michael, I'm so embarrassed. I can't figure out how to get my kid to sleep. I'm like, dude, it's not like they come with instructions. Like, where's the (laughs) owner's manual? Oh my God. I mean, so like talking to other people and getting more advice from your friends, Hey, this worked well, this didn't work well. That's important too. Um, and then another thing, Slade, just to be fair is teething hits, right? And so nobody fucking tells you about teething until hits and man, does it suck? Yeah. (laughs) Does suck. I mean, I can't think of anything worse than like, you know, enamel tooth erupting through the gums for a little bitty baby. So bad. This feels terrible. I mean, you know, back in the day, the old adage was take a little Jack Daniels and rub it on their gums. Right. Right. Bad idea. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just there's a lot of ups and downs when it comes to sleep. And parents mm-hmm. need to be aware that also once you get your child to fall asleep, for example, in the early year, early stages, you know, in the six month, nine month, that can change. Right. Oh, so yes. Yeah. Can change with growth spurts. It can change, and then also some. Sometimes people have multiple children in the same room, like in bunk beds, or you know, brothers or sisters might share rooms together. So there can be disruptions there. So there's a lot of sleep-related um, uh, trials and tribulations that one will go through while you have these creatures living in your home until <laughs> hopefully age <age-15. laughs> fifteen. That's that is r- such yeah. fantastic advice because yeah. I think people do go out and they find a particular method or they might have read a book mm-hmm. and it just doesn't yeah. work for them. And mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, I failed. Or this doesn't, you know, like this is the, oh. the, the methodology doesn't, isn't correct, but mm-hmm. everyone is so very different. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just think that the, you know, the information we had gotten from, from Dr. Bruce just was a perfect fit for sky. And well, and it timing. was, but I got to tell you too, it really did have to do with timing because yeah. the basics, like he just said, the basics were, Aware and aware. Really? This is going to be aware and aware. This is awake and aware. Awake and aware. So, so the truth is, is that I felt like we had tried that before, and that did not go well for us. So that's why I prefaced my story with telling you guys that as a parent, you have to recognize or realize when your child is maybe ready for something. And you know what? When you become a parent. There is one thing that goes out the door and that is what your needs are anymore. It, you have to become <laughs> the biggest like selfless person. And yeah. you and there might be periods of times that you do have to struggle be, for the sake of the child. And that's just be, what that's called with being a parent. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel I do believe in my heart that even if we had really pushed this method from the very beginning, I don't even know if she would have quite understood it. At that time, even then, I just, I would say that again, she was very ready. And I think you're, I think what you're speaking to Gretchen is timing and Skylar's timing and her maturity and getting to that point. And you're dead on, you're a hundred percent correct. 
And I think that's the, I, I would argue that that's one of the most important lessons that we all learned here is being able to know when your child is ready to go to the big girl, uh, big boy bed or to be in the crib by themselves or whatever, whatever, because, you know, you go from crib, you're going to have to transition to big girl bed soon. That's a right. whole, there's no bars on the cage. It's a whole new ball <laughs> yes. game. Right. Oh, Lordy. It's so That's true. It's so thing. true. You know, I want, I was, I was thinking about that very first night. Do you remember the very first night that I put her down and remember how like her favorite thing to do is when mom's in the room, she goes, dad, 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 the whole time. And I'm like, really? Like every single time mom's there, she just wants dad out. Right. So I was like, so frustrated for like all these months. Cause it's like, th- listen, Skylar's a little manipulator actress. Okay. This one, she's very smart, really smart. And every time that mom was there, she was like, dad, 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 dad. I'm like, okay, whatever. So she didn't, she, it's like, she knew it because then every time she was with dad, she would always say mama, 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 like she was a turkey. So <laughs> the very first night that I finally like let the leash go and I put her in there and I really was like, this committed. is the story about how she almost broke you. Yeah. I was really committed to not touching her, not picking her up. Not like this was my very first night of like really being strong. Right. So I'm sitting in the chair across the way and she is crying. I mean, she is crying and I'm just really in a very calm voice, even though I was dying inside, just really trying to stay calm, telling her she's okay. And I'm sitting in the chair across the room and out of nowhere. Okay. Like, like, 10 to 15 minutes of crying. She reaches out over the crib and she puts her arm out. She goes, mama, mama. Oh, you told me this story. It's like, oh my God. It was like, I, I, someone could, might as well. Yes. And, and the Oscar Emmy goes to Oscar Gray. performance. I felt like somebody had literally just cut my chest open with <laughs> a knife and ripped my heart out. And I was sitting there and Slade, do you remember when I finally left the room and I, oh, I she came, I broke down. I came and I literally fell into his chest and I started bawling my eyes out. And I was yeah. like, all I, say, Mom. I was, all I have to say, it's very simple. Get that kid an agent. That's all yes, we have to say, right? I swear to oh, God. Yeah. I could not. I literally was like, out of all the times, it, it was like she was like desperately seeking like, mama, you got to save me, mama. And the way she said it, I was just like, oh my God. It was the worst moment of my life with my child because it just, you felt That's like amazing. the worst horrible parent ever. But you know what it was really, Gretchen? Is it was the best moment. Yes, it really was. Uh, it really, you really allowed was. her to develop her independence. Yeah. And you were able to be a parent and yeah. not a best friend, yeah. right? Best friend is, oh my gosh, you baby, I want to kiss you, hug you. I want you to be yes. safe. And, yeah. But you were actually able to be a parent. And honestly, there's nothing easy about that. No. Like no. a parent, it sucks. It's not fun sometimes. It's the most, it's the best job I've ever had. Okay. Yeah. Bar yeah. none. But look, Slade, you've had your challenges with your children. You know, I mean, like we're we're all here trying to figure this out. There's right. no fucking instruction manual for yeah, any no. of these. Yeah. And it's hard, you know. And so my theory is when I find good people, good hearted people like you guys, I love helping you because you really take it in, you think it through, and then you spread the word because you know other people are suffering as well. Right. And that's that's what's so important here is that people need to understand. You don't have to have bad sleep. Your children can sleep. You can sleep. I mean, look at you guys. You guys are like a picture perfect family. And beforehand, when I first got there, like it was kind of crazy. It was a mess. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of messy. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, speaking of perfect sleep, let's chat a little bit about how how all of us as adults <laughs> can get better sleep, especially now when times are like COVID? so stressful. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I want to unpack that a little bit because again, we, we sincerely appreciate obviously your friendship, your help and how you're so committed to helping so many people yeah. get good sleep. You recently wrote a blog uh, about the five things, uh, how people sleep, how their sleep and their psychological health in the coronavirus pandemic uh, is being affected. So can you, can you unpack that a little bit for me and kind of explain that? Yeah. So first of all, there's a lot of, so there's an article on my blog. It's on the sleepdoctor.com. You guys are welcome to go check it out. I'm going to just briefly describe some of the some of the ideas that were there, and and maybe a few others to just unpack um, during Corona and sort of you know COVID. What's going on? How is it affecting our sleep? What are some of the things that we should be concerned about or thinking it through? Okay, so number one, nobody's moving, and people are looking at me like, wait, aren't you the sleep guy? Why are you talking about movement? Remember, everyone, sleep is recovery. 
from movement. If you're not moving, your brain does not want to sleep because it doesn't have anything to recover from. So you end up with light, crappy sleep, right? So you're not commuting, you're not walking into work, you're not walking around the office, you're not going to lunch. All of these things. I had one celebrity client of mine say to me, um, you know, I've taken 200 steps and it's two o'clock. By two o'clock, you should have taken 8,000 steps by now. You know what I'm wow. saying? Like, yeah, right. So I didn't even think about that. Moving. You're right. You're right. so right. Yeah. Moving, and we've got to start. Number one, people got to move. Number two, wake up at the same damn time every single morning. Okay. Here's the thing. Once COVID hit, everybody's like, ha, I can stay up and watch Netflix until two o'clock in the morning. You know, Gretchen. I can catch up on my Gretchen. housewives. I know. <laughs> I know. Gretchen. I can catch up on my housewives and I can check it all out. Right. Here's the thing. When you sleep, when you go to bed later, you sleep later and you shift that circadian rhythm. And that's yeah. the biggest problem. Wake up at the same time every single day. If you want to stay up until four o'clock in the morning and watch whatever you want to watch, go for it. But you better get your butt up at 630 because your clock doesn't lie. Okay. So would you say though, before I have you move on from that, this is an important topic because Gretchen has a screwed up circadian rhythm. The only time it ever worked right is when we came home from Paris. Yeah, that's so true. And then she was actually waking up like at 530. And I loved it. And we went and saw the sunrise. Like it was awesome. But okay, just in fairness to me, and I know there's a lot of people out there like this. I have never in my life ever been a morning person. Like if you get me up before 8 a.m., I want to kill you. <laughs> like I get so angry. I like, I absolutely hate the it. The only thing that I hate more than mornings are morning people. They're so damn <laughs> Yes, totally. <laughs> but okay. however, he's got, yeah. I want you to take this in because I think it's really good advice. I think if you physically set your alarm, that this is the time you're going to wake up at the same time every single day, what will happen is as you get closer into the evening when you can't sleep, you'll be tired. Right. You'll start going to sleep right. well, earlier. I know, I know. I know this. I mean, no, listen. you don't. Yes, I do. Okay, you listen in, to the doctor in, right now. No, you fair, don't. In fairness to me. Okay. So doctor, here's, here's actually what's happened for me in my life, at least the pattern that I've seen. Okay. I'm basically a genius. <laughs> so no, I'm just kidding. No, so so okay. Yeah. If you do research, all the people that okay. are geniuses look, never slept and okay, were look, up at night. But Einstein, anyways, we're the, not going to go there. <laughs> the point is, I, is I can that... address this. So, so hold on. <laughs> so what you're talking about is you're talking about the ideas of Leonardo da Vinci, uh -huh. Einstein, uh -huh. all these people who claim to be short sleepers. And they were very productive and they did very interesting things. So let's talk yes. about the idea of being a short sleeper, what it really is, and how I actually train people on how to do that. So I am a high performance sleep coach, right? And so what I do is I actually increase sleep quality and decrease sleep quantity for many of my clients. So when I have a celebrity client, much like yourself, who turns to me and says, Michael, uh, so here's a, here's a great example. I work with a gentleman, his name is Steve Aoki. He's one of the top uh, electronic dance music uh, DJs in yep. the world. He does okay. over 200 shows a year, all in different locations. He never does a show in the same place twice. Can you imagine what his friggin' jet lag is like? No. So, He's all so exactly. So what I do is I work with him and, and I'm bringing him up in particular because it's all about timing. Okay. And what, and your circadian rhythm, what we've been able to do is with melatonin, caffeine, light, and napping, we can actually set his circadian rhythm to whatever we want it to be whenever we want it to be. So uh -huh. Slade is 100% correct. I can, in fact, show you exactly when you should be waking up based on something called your chronotype. Now, people might not have heard a chronotype before, but they actually have. If you've ever been called an early bird, or a night owl, those are chronotypes. And okay. I have a quiz. And so if anybody out there is interested, and I highly recommend that you check it out, go to chronoquiz.com and you will learn if you're an early bird, a night owl in the middle, an insomniac. And oh my God, I love this. Perfect time to go to bed. Perfect time to wake up. I teach you when to have sex. I teach you when Whoa. to have coffee. I teach you when to have alcohol, all based on your hormones. Wow. So wait, this is very, very I'm important. I'm so excited it's, about it's, this it's right now. It's Chrono, K-R, I mean, C-R-O. Oh, C-R. See, Chrono Quiz. C-R-O-N-O-Q-U-I-Z.com. Chronoquiz.com. Okay. So, so just to not open Pandora's box here, but just like people can fix an election, 
Can we fix the quiz so that when it says to have sex, it happens in a more regular basis? No, I'm glad you asked that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. What is the best time to have sex? Because that is the number one question that I get asked. Okay. See, so I know, I know the doctor, just, you know, (laughs) this is good stuff. There we go. Turn up the volume (laughs) in your car. I don't headphones, crank it up. People listen up right now. Okay. So here we go. So you need five hormones to successfully have sex to be elevated. You need testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, adrenaline, and cortisol all need to be raised. And you need melatonin. The sleep hormone needs to be lowered. That's the hormone profile for people to successfully have sex. Okay. So question number one, thinking about those hormones, what do you, uh, 74, we did a survey, 74% of people have sex between 1030 and 1130 at night. What do you think your hormone profile looks like at that time? Shitty. Exactly. Yeah, because the melatonin Melatonin is is starting to increase. Yeah. Melatonin is high and all of those other things are low. So that's hint number one. Question number two, what do men, most men wake up with in the morning? A boner. An erection. <laughs> that is correct. Morning wood. Nice if terminology, not, Gretchen. Sorry. <laughs> if that is not mother nature telling you when to use that thing, I don't know what is. Okay? <laughs> I know. That's so funny. You're so men right. Should be, people should be having intercourse in the mornings. Um, wow. there's a lot I always thought it was God's joke because it, I would wake up with it and she'd like, don't even think about it, buddy. <laughs> So what's interesting is is more is women actually have higher libido in the morning than they do in the evenings. Really? Um, women are tired. Absolutely. People, it's no longer not tonight. I have a headache. It's not tonight. I'm too fucking tired. Like it's just people are exhausted. The, here's the key. Run into the restroom, brush your teeth, throw on some mouthwash, and then have a quickie in the morning, right? Number one, it sets off your day in a great way. You're you, then you go, you can take your shower, you can go do whatever you want, have your day. You've got like that kind of afterglow going all day. It's awesome, right? Now, here's I'm encouraging this behavior. <laughs> I'm giving you a prescription for this behavior. How about that? God oh, love you. This is why he's my new imagine. best friend. Just so you know. How about four o'clock in the afternoon? That's the time I like it. <laughs> four so o'clock. that's so it's interesting as well. Earlier in the evening also works as well. So it depends yes. on your chronotype. It's actually quite fascinating. So here's a really interesting question is what happens if you've got an early bird who wants to have sex with a night owl? Like, how does that work? So yeah, I that, actually wrote that's, that's, that's it's all in my book. Right I actually created a matrix. <gasps> really? This is oh, so yeah. interesting. And I did a special section of the chapter for heterosexual couples and a special section of the chapter for gay and lesbian couples because the hormone profiles are different. See, so for people listening, I mean, Not Too Taboo is the go-to podcast. I'm just telling you right now. (laughs) So if you haven't downloaded and subscribed by now, Who knew we were going to talk to the sleep doctor about our sex schedule? I knew, I knew, I knew. I was slipping him notes under the table. Okay, so wait, how, what do you- I've been getting texts from all morning. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, Dodger and I are having unprotected texts right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, So legit, what do you do when like Slade's the morning person and I'm like the afternoon night person? So you rotate, right? And so what you do is you try different times. Number one, it makes it a little bit different and it brings a little variety into the into the whole situation, which is always good anyway. Um, but you try it out different ways and then you find out. Uh, honestly, the book gives very specific times and you can go across and see what your chronotype is and then what his chronotype is. And it'll tell you exactly what to do and when to do it. Um, and you'll be surprised. I would honestly tell you, be adventurous, you know, be open to a new idea. You will be pleasantly surprised. Um, number one, performance uh, metrics work better, especially for men. Um, men last longer and are longer um, in the mornings. Um, mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Wait, so are, are, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, back it up, back it up. What do you mean? They are longer? What does that mean? Like they're that, actually remember, the size of their penis? Is that what yes. you're talking about? Yes. So if you look at the data, um, what? so you know how when you wake up in the morning, you're like a quarter of an inch taller than you were because your discs are infusing and they're making you taller. So honestly, if you haven't had any blood flow into the penis for an extended period of time, and then you do, the the idea would be that you would actually extend the penis slightly longer. Now, I don't think it's an appreciable difference, but what I can Shh, Don't say you, that, don't say that, don't say that, doctor. Tell well, her no, it's no, no, no. The, massively different. Is the length isn't the big, it's the, it's the girth or it's the blood flow that's really more interesting. And that is for sure better in the morning time. Wow, this is, this so is along the same lines as like during, you know, at the end of the day, 
as you've been walking and compressing your spine, you actually right. get shorter. You get shorter. Exactly. As you Same sleep idea. and lay vertical, what happens is the discs, the tissue in between the discs fill up and they reinflate with fluid and it stretches out your spine and you actually are taller in the morning. Weird. Correct. No, but I love this because as it is, my Audi is becoming any. So if there's <laughs> any chance of making it look bigger, I'm about it. I hear your brother. I hear you. You know, I mean, I talk a lot about sex, but you know, a lot of people talk about sex in terms of sleep. And so, for example, some people have a tendency to fall asleep after sex, whereas other people are very are much more energized after sex. And so, like, you know, what do you do there? Sometimes it's a temperature issue. Sometimes it's a bed issue. Um, you know. Just depends. People ask me all the time, like, what's the best bed for sex and all these kind of things. They literally uh, ask, what's the best bed for sex? A flat one. <laughs> oh, my all God. Wait, when time. you say well, what's the really, best bed, I don't even understand that. What, Like a mattress, you mean? Like what? I don't yeah, get that. Yeah. So, so if you think about it from just a biomechanics standpoint, it's all about bounce and friction, right? So, <laughs> Oh, my God. This is so funny right now. This is fantastic evidence. This is I like so this. Funny. Okay. Yes. But think about it, right? So let's say that you're in a memory foam mattress, 100% memory foam, okay? And let's say that it's man on top, woman on bottom. Let's say it's a, a heterosexual couple, right? So as the woman's body gets warmer and warmer from becoming more passionate, she will begin to sink into the memory foam. Because remember, memory foam is the viscoelastic foam. It moves away from heat and you sink into it. So as that person gets lower, then they become more stable. So then the question becomes, okay, if that person is there, we need bounce, right? In order to have successful intercourse. Well, if that person's not moving and there's not a lot of bounce in the memory foam, that can make it more difficult. Would you believe me? There are actually websites that have got like, Sex on a Tempur-Pedic, how to do it. Like those, oh, there's actually oh, come websites on. for that. I swear to God. I wonder if there is a, I do, we have a Tempur-Pedic. We do have a oh Tempur-Pedic. Oh my God. But by the way, here's the weirdest part, doctor. Okay, like you're going to die. Maybe he could give us some tips on this because we've got ourselves in pickles a couple times with our bet. Okay, so listen to this. <laughs> well, it has so nothing to do with the pickle, Gretchen. We have, we have I don't those... want to know about food in your bed, all right? I'm just. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> we have the, the Tempur-Pedic mattress that are, they're two separate mattresses, right? So imagine trying to have sex on one of those things because he always gets stuck in the middle. <laughs> like right, he starts to sink down in the crack. Worse than getting stuck and, in the crack. Oh my no, gosh. He no. literally gets stuck in the crack and we're and I'm like, what happened? Where where'd the penis go? <laughs> like, where'd it go? It's like penis it happens so many times. Like she'll give me the eye. She'll like, hey, why don't you scoot on over here? I'm like, oh yeah, I'd love to. And I just try to scoot next to her. I fall down the crack. I'm literally making out with her shoulder blade. You know, it's really weird. Oh my God. Okay. That is so, so funny. That being said, we, I mean, I don't know if you guys want to go there, but I've even had people ask me about using, you know, adjustable bases and how to do crazy things there. So you, you oh guys look God, like I love it. Ours adjusts. After. Ours does adjust. Well, I can hyperextend you into a donut and then make something <laughs> crazy happen. Oh my God. Right, that's so, so, so Wait, so, so let's get back to this idea of mattress. Okay. And so bounce becomes a big deal. So for some people, again, some people have more traditional um, positions for intercourse. Other people will have less traditional positions for intercourse. So again, just thinking about what are you doing on the bed will tell you what features you're going to be interested in. So edge support might be important for somebody to be able to hold on. Memory foam or heat reactive phone. Again, somebody could get too warm. That may be a good thing. That may be a bad thing right? Being able to bounce. Again, all of these things are things you can kind of take into consideration um, and, and sort of see what happens. Um, and also you want something that's got some spring to it also, right? Because memory foam is just kind of, you know, you just kind of get in there yeah. and that's it. So you want yeah. something with a little bit of bounce. Okay, Don't you so, love this advice? Because so, it know, all leads up to good sleep. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to have to have, we're going to have to be like Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of- Slade? Of <laughs> Slade, because guess what? We're going to have to have a sex room with a different bed that has bounce to it because our Tempur-Pedic isn't bouncy enough. So in our next home, we're going to have to but, have just a sex room bed, a listen, bedroom for sex. We can turn, you know, but if we turn the temperature in the house, of the house, right? Well, you know we you should do that. 
Oh yeah. Good point. <laughs> Trust me. I try all the time and she slaps my hand. We can turn the temperature in the house down to make it really cold. Yeah. And then the Tempur-Pedic will get really hard and then you won't actually sink into the Tempur-Pedic until you're ready to call your own oh name. Oh my God. Who knew? This is funny. I like literally did not know this. Here's what I love. He's done the research. This gets you to good sleep. This is why he's our man. This is funny. Like, I like, I, spend I had no idea you knew any of this doctor. This is like really funny. I could literally spend hours talking. Wait, did you say, okay, wait, you, we're talking about the chrono quiz and a book. So what was the name of that book that you were talking about? So the book is called The Power of When, W-H-E-N. And that's my book. Um, and it's very it's very easy to get. It's available on Amazon. Um, but people will really dig it because what we do is we actually teach people the perfect time of day based on your hormones, this idea of chronotype. So as an example, if you're an early bird, I actually show you when is the best time of day to work out to burn the most fat and when is the time of day to work out to build the most muscle. Turns out those are two different types of day based on if you're an early bird. But if you're a night owl, actually, the, the, the same time would work for both of those. So it becomes a little bit different. So that's why once you figure out using Chrono Quiz what you are, then it all becomes very simple. But, oh, um, my the, and, gosh. This is so brilliant But this right is now. what's so brilliant, too. Again, this all relates back to sleep. Yeah. But sleep yep. has everything to do with gut health. Right. Right. And, and your diet. Yeah. You know, so this the, the full title of the book is The Power of When, The Sleep Doctor's Diet, diet plan. plan. Right, because and right? that's why so, I'm saying, like, when I read that, I would never have thought that there was, like, stuff in there. Those about- are two different books. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Okay. So, th- so The Power oh, of When- Oh, it is two different books. I see the quotations now. Yep. My second book was called The Sleep Doctor's Diet, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep. And my newest book is called The Power of When. Okay. So, Doctor, The Power of When, that is that actually specifically about sex? It is. So it's about sleep. It's about sex. It's about food. It's about exercise. It's about all the things that we've been oh. talking about. It's really kind of a life plan, if you will. So once you kind of know what your bed, t- so let me, let me explain to you how to use the book. Cause it's actually really cool. So let's say Slade, are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm the early bird. Okay. So if Slade's the early bird from reading this book, what he can learn is the perfect time of day to wake up. Number one, to uh, exercise. Number two, to lose weight, if that's what he wants to do, number yes. three, to drink coffee, to drink alcohol, to have sex, to ask his boss for a raise, to read a book, to tell a joke, to, I mean, it's 50 different activities. So, and wow. you, you got to be thinking like, how the heck do you know the perfect time to do that? So what we did was we looked at different hormones that you would need to be elevated during different times. So for example, when your cortisol and your adrenaline is high, you can do a good workout because those are energy hormones. But if it's naturally low, I don't wanna tell you to exercise at four o'clock in the afternoon when your hormones are naturally low, but if I tell you to do it when they're naturally high, guess what? It's easier, you do it better, and you like it more. And that's the trick behind the book is just knowing these hormone schedules and giving people these time frames to say, here is the perfect time to be creative. Here is the perfect time to be logical. Here is the time to sleep. Here is the time to drink coffee. Here is the time to have sex. All of it wow. actually works. Real science. Well, I, I have proof that it works. Why? Because the truth of the matter is during the morning, mm-hmm. I'm entertaining. <laughs> oh my God. But what happens at midnight? <laughs> You're a tool. I am hilarious. <laughs> I, later in the evening, you can't go to sleep because I'm really funny. <laughs> Come on, to tell tell you tell the funny. listeners you are funny. You we are up. We are cracking ourselves up we at are. midnight. Okay, but seriously, and that's this, when I should be telling you jokes. But this is so. This is like so interesting, Doctor. I mean, literally, I had no idea about any of this, and I can almost guarantee you, our listeners had no idea about any of this. So the the book's called The Power of Win. You guys, we didn't even yes. intend on talking about this at all. So this is so fascinating to me. I feel like this can help so many of us out there, especially that being a new year, you know, people wanting to like change their habits or get in better shape or, you know, whatever it is that they're looking to do. I feel like this is, this is really interesting stuff. So I'm definitely going to get this book. Like I'm like already on Amazon going, (laughs) where do I get this? We're, you know, we should do, we are going to go through the book. Yeah. And then we're going to do a full book review. Yeah. And then we'll invite Dr. Bruce back. Right. Yeah, to talk so, about to talk like, about it and uh-huh. how we've actually implemented some of the things in the book 
I mean, and I can, I, I've seen the preface and it talks about the fact that like on the hour, we need to be having sex in different rooms just as a process <laughs> oh of trying to God. figure out if this stuff is really going to work. Oh my God. That's so. so funny. I love that. No, I mean, the thing is, is that I always have said, or my excuse for like being a night owl is it really is strange because for me, my brain, literally, I feel like my brain turns on at about seven, eight o'clock at night. And I am just on fire. Like all of my ideas come to me, everything like I can work, I can think. And I always say it's because the world is quiet at that time. And that's when I, and sometimes I I'm up till like two o'clock just working because I can think clearly. And like, no, my phone's not ringing. The child's not calling me. This other child sitting across the table from me is not calling me, <laughs> you know, like I don't have, I don't have distractions. And I'm exhausted by then. Yeah. I just want to go to sleep. But to let you know the truth, Gretchen is Honestly, while all of those things are 100% true, it's real. You could handle all of those things if you were on the if you weren't a night owl. Like if you were like Slate is and you were a morning person, all of those things would wouldn't seem like distractions to you. But they do seem like distractions to you because you're not a morning person. And the reason that I know this is because I'm not a morning person. I'm a night yeah. owl. I don't yeah. go to bed before midnight ever, ever, yeah. ever, 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 ever. Me neither. Okay, now, I have a slightly different situation than the two of you. When I started dating um, my wife, it turns out that she is a night owl as well. Um, but we didn't know this at the time. And I hadn't, and to be fair, I've been married for 21 years. So I didn't, I wasn't studying chronotypes back then. Um, right. But she would say, hey, Michael, pick me up at eight. We'd get to dinner at 8.30. We'd finish dinner at 10. We'd go to the movies till 12. We'd go out and have a drink or go to a comedy club. Or we'd get home at two o'clock in the morning. And right. it was perfectly normal for us. We were right. both awake, but we would sleep the next day until, I don't know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. But right. we were both doing that. So we were kind of on that schedule. Where it gets interesting is when you've got, you know, early bird night owl and now insert new baby girl, right? Totally. That's a whole different ball game. And totally. so it, it's really fun to look at this, but I will also tell you that the chronotypes have turned into a great communication tool. Yeah. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you a story about my daughter that was really, uh, really affected me quite a bit is, um, you know, I have a 17 year old daughter and, um, you know, if you've got a teenager, you know, that they do not like to talk to their parents very often <laughs> and, um, they love to sleep late. Now that actually turns out to be part of their biological clock. They actually turn into night owls in the middle of their adolescence and then eventually grow up and turn into one of several different chronotypes. But when I walked into my daughter's room in the morning, I might say something like, hey, Carson, you know, what have you got on the, on the plate for today? And the answer that I would get would be, leave me alone. Literally like that, right? I mean, yeah. we all, we've all experienced Slade's shaking his head. He knows. He's, yep. he gets it, well, Gretchen right? still talks in noises for the first half hour when she wakes up. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just interpret the grunts. <laughs> right. But, but I asked my daughter the exact same question at six o'clock at night. And I was in there for an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Right? That's so, so me. So, yeah. so what dawned on me was if I want to have a relationship with my daughter, which is incredibly, incredibly important to me, I need to know when she's going to hear me and when mm -hmm. she's going to be able to listen. And mm -hmm. she's a night owl. So I need to adapt my thinking to be able to go into her room and, and create that relationship and foster that relationship more because she doesn't know that she's not awake at six o'clock in the morning. She just knows it sucks to be up at six o'clock in the morning. And why is my dad bugging me? Right. Dude, so, I, I love what so, you so just smart. said. I love what you just said, because see, that's the thing is that like, I think, you know, society just like teaches you get your kid up and da, 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 and they got to be ready to go and talk. And, do, and it's like, there's these, these things that we make up in our head as parents. And instead right. of like actually listening to our children's needs or wants, or, 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 or really doing what you just did was realize that like the best time for you to have that relationship or that conversation with your child is at a different time and be open and accepting to that. You know, these people just push this thing on a child and they're like, my child never talks to me and da da da, and they're, you know, whatever. And they come up with all these things in their head because they have these expectations that aren't realistic. And so I think that is so amazing what you just said. I think that's such a great advice for parents out there to really just learn how to, it's, 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 you know, the definition of relationships, how to like communicate and, and interact with people in your life, whether it be your partner or your parents or your daughter, or whatever it is. I think that's a beautiful thing. It's almost like you should write a book and call it the power of when. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my uh, God. Well, hey, 
<clears throat> Michael, thank you so much for for joining us today. We sincerely appreciate uh, all of your time, all of the time. So thank you. I know you. we have like 82,000 more questions. I know we have to, we have so many things to talk with you about. So, so. we're going to have to bring you back, doctor, because, you know, we just even talking about, you know, everything from improving your gut health for better sleep and, oh, yeah. you know, people that struggle with insomnia and like what people can do to fall asleep or stay asleep. But um, all of that information you can find um, probably on your website. Is that correct? Yep. If people want to head on over to thesleepdoctor.com, you can find me there. Um, also, if, uh, if you're a podcast listener, like you might be here, I actually have a podcast called Sleep Success with Dr. Michael Bruce. So people might learn uh, a little bit there. I've got a lot of articles, a lot of blogs. And don't forget to take the chrono quiz. You will yeah. love it. It's super fun. It's interesting. And uh, you learn when to go to sleep. I love it. And where can people find you on social media? Social media, believe it or not, I am The Sleep Doctor on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, wow. uh, Twitter. I got the same one on all of them. So The how much Sleep did Doctor. You have, how much did you have to pay for that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Even on the website. Oh my God, that's amazing. Well, you definitely are the sleep doctor. You're incredible. We're so grateful you came into our lives. We're so grateful to have the friendship that we have with you. You guys check him out. He is truly amazing. And uh, we just are so honored to have you today on our podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys. Number one, for being great patients and actually listening to what I had to say because so many <laughs> of the patients don't do that. So you were wonderful patients. And uh -huh. truthfully, I'm so grateful that we have this platform to share to other parents who have been struggling, right. who don't need, to, don't need to struggle. You don't have to force your child into a cry it out situation. You can find other alternatives just like what we did. So I'm so grateful to you and your megaphone to let so many people know about these, these important issues. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you, doctor. We love you. And we will talk with you so soon. Talk love you guys. Soon, Michael. Dreams. Love you too. Talk to you soon. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Bye, doctor. Bye. I love Dr. Bruce, don't you? I do love Dr. Bruce, especially when he's ordering you to have sex with me at certain <laughs> times of the day. You know what's so fun about, okay, so you know when you like go to somebody for something and then like you realize they have a whole other thing that you didn't even know you needed advice in? That's right. Like you go to that doctor because you think you have a rash and then all of a sudden it turns into a whole new thing. <laughs> No, that was really cool because I really like we were just going to talk about sleep training and, you know, helping um, parents out there that are struggling with, you know, a baby. And then we were going to talk about you and me and, you know, just sleep for us and, and all the audience listeners out there that might be struggling with sleep. But the fact that that went to a whole other like ideology is that an is that an ideology or no that's not really right i just made up a whole like, should we take some words to break down the definition of ideology that's so not an ideology but um but that was really well, interesting here's, here's the point the reason we become such good friends with him is he's he's just a fountain of information yeah, i don't really think people is. realize how much sleep is related to everything that happens in your life. Right. You know, no one's thinking about the fact that I go to sleep in order to repair what's happened throughout the day right. or that, you know, good quality sleep is what helps direct my gut health mm -hmm. and all of these other areas of your life. It's like, so, and they're all intertwined. Well, and just like the simple fact, I mean, obviously it makes sense, but like, it's funny because you don't think of it in this terms, but when he's like, just the simple fact that through this pandemic, like so many people are like, I can't sleep. I have anxiety. I'm, you know, all these things. It's like just the simple fact of you don't even realize how much all day, every day you're like in the car, doing this, going there, going, you know, going to work, walking around, da, da, da. In the, like all those things that he was talking about that we would normally do in our daily lives have kind of come to a complete halt. And it's like, when you're at home now, yeah, you're not doing as much of that stuff and you're not, yeah. you know, you do find yourself on the couch more or in front of the computer more or whatever. And you're not, you're not at the same activity level. And it's like that alone, no wonder half of America's sleep has probably been messed up during this time. And everyone just thinks it's from the stress of the virus and all this. And it's like, it actually has to do a lot with just movement. So I think that's great advice, just that, to get out and move, go for a walk, take your dog to the park, go with your kid somewhere, just do something. Have get sex outside. in a different room. Have sex in a different room. <laughs> I mean, anyways, that was awesome. Okay. So our question of the day 
my question of the day is how many people are going to go to chronoquiz.com yeah. and take that freaking quiz? I know. I think Because I think really it's going to be so informative. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think the other question of the day is when are you going to have sex? <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what you should do? Tweet Gretchen. <laughs> tweet me. Social media. I don't want to let, know. Let everybody know sex. when your favorite day to have sex is. Oh my gosh, that's funny. No, I think um, I think that's great. I think I think our question of the day is more of a challenge of the day. Let's call it the challenge of the day. Uh, go to chronoquiz.com, you guys. Find out about um, if you're a morning or nighttime person, and then go check out his book, The Power of When. And, you know, maybe that can help a lot of you with um, just all these different areas of your life that maybe you're struggling and maybe you didn't even realize why you're struggling. Because think about how many times we're like uh, programmed or thought to be like, okay, if you want to become a morning person, you just have to get up early and go to bed early. And everyone's like, I try and it can't happen. Right. So, I mean, it's just interesting because this is a different kind of way of looking at it. And maybe it will really help you kind of um, accomplish or defeat those areas that you've struggled in. I, I love yeah, that. Yeah. I'm excited to actually go take that quiz. You're going to take the quiz mm -hmm. and then we're going to come back. We're going to yeah. unpack it on the show. We're yeah. going to read the results of the kind of people we are on the show. We should do that. And we should, I'm, well, I'm going to, I'm already having it in my Amazon cart. We're going to, um, Get the book and let's read the book and then let's come back and have him on the show and talk about like what we've learned. That'd be fantastic. I love it. You guys are the best ever. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Not Too Taboo. Please don't forget to download and subscribe. It helps us when you do that. So thank you so much for being such wonderful uh, followers and fans of the show. We love you guys. You're the best. And we will talk to you next week. Yep. Love you people. Go take on the day. Bye guys. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast do not constitute medical or professional advice. Do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please visit stage29.tv.